When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. That's Logan Paulson, played 10 years in the NFL at tight end. If you're watching on the video, that was hilarious because I said, this is Logan Paulson, and Logan went down to pick something up off the ground and completely disappeared out of this video. Uh, I am Craig Hoffman. I am present. I am here in my little square on the box. Uh, You can watch full episodes, youtube.com slash at 1067. The fan, you can listen to me every weekday, 3 to 6, on the Team 980. All right, Logan, the obvious next big question for this team is, what for the other two guys? So, Allen check signed 18 months ago although he doesn't have any guaranteed money from what i understand left on his deal um, which is interesting so like next year if all of a sudden he starts to decline and they want to move off of allen they could i do i think that's going to happen absolutely not but financially speaking they could um then you got sweat who is entering the final year of his deal and then you have Chase, who technically is also entering the final year of his deal, unless they were to pick up his fifth-year option. So, uh, do I have that right, or has he got one more I think, this? I think you're right. I think he's a year I behind think this is. Test, I think right? this is it. Yeah, because this is, this is year four. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, with that said, uh, what? let's start off with what you think they should do. Not, not a prediction, but right. like you're – you're all of a sudden in the position that everyone wants you in and somewhere working in the organization. Actually, no, they want you as, or wanted you as offensive coordinator. <laughs> How happy are you that Eric Bianenby got named offensive I'm coordinator? pretty happy about it. That you don't have to be told that you should be the offensive coordinator anymore. I'm pretty happy so now, now he's everyone's awesome going to want Logan. Yeah. yeah now, now everyone wants Logan in the front office. Uh, so you're, you're running it. Yeah. You're in charge. What are you doing with Sweat? What are you doing with Chase Young? Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk with the financial people and really make sure, <clears throat> just see what that contract structure for Montez would look like. And I think that's the most important thing because we thought this pain thing was not tenable. But obviously, like, you can work financial magic, right? That's why, I like, New Orleans every year, they're, you know, whatever they are over the cap, $100 million, whatever crazy number it is, and they're always able to kind of move money around and make it work. So that's the first person I'm going to talk to. Right. And to kind of see what needs to happen, see kind of the numbers we're talking about, and then look at the rest of the roster, guys like Cam, and see where we're at with that. I will say, like, my first inclination is to always trade away guys when you're still on the roster. So, like Montez, like, to me, he's a perfect trade candidate. Like, that does not mean I don't like Montez. I think Montez is excellent. Right. I think he's a really good football player, but I think he has value. And I want to make sure I recoup that value if I cannot financially retain him. So if I can't do that, I'm going to trade him. And I think this is a really good year, you know, in the draft to kind of draft maybe an heir apparent or someone who can 
kind of hold the line, toe the line, and you've shown how you want to build this team. And so one of the things I want to talk about is you mentioned you can't run away from two interior guys. And the answer is you can usually, right? You can attack the perimeter. And one of the things they've done here with James Smith-Williams, with Casey Tuhill, with F.A. Obata, with Sweat and Chase is they set really good edges to this defense. And so, Ken, is that a skill set that requires a lot of money to find? It is a skill, but it's not like this premium pass rusher skill, right? And the way they're they're structuring this defensive line is, hey, rushers, edge rushers, you are supplementing the interior guys, right? You're building off of their rush. So you really just need a guy who's going to be very, very solid on the edge, a very good role player. And I think that is easier to find than people think. Now, is it easy? No. But is it easier than finding TJ Watt? Absolutely. So I do think you've kind of shown the direction you want to take this defensive line. You want good players. Um, but do you need, you know, four guys making $20 million on the defensive line? Probably not. So I would I would definitely kind of kick the tires on the Montez thing. I think he is a, a very good value add. He's been very productive for this team. And I would probably kick the tires on him before I kick the tires on Chase in terms of an extension, in terms of finding ways to get him money. Um, just because I think there's a lot of risk associated with Chase. Not that Chase can't be good, not that Chase won't be good, but he's got the injury history. He's got kind of lackluster production the last couple of years. So I think that's kind of the way I would frame that. And I know that's not a very good answer, but I think there's information that we don't necessarily have access to that would inform this decision at a higher level. But I like Montez. I, I like what he's doing. I think he's a great value add, but can financially we keep him? That's something only in the building they know with those accountants and financial advisors. Um, and then if I can't keep him, I'm going to explore trade options. And that, that probably is happening sooner rather than later. Yeah, I think I would explore trading Chase. Um, I think that he potentially, I don't know, I just clicked on Tracks like market value yeah. uh, button, which they do, they do a calculation. I'm not exactly sure how they do it, but I mean, part of it, the biggest factor is like, how do you compare to other players like you? What did they get at a similar age when they signed their contracts? And so you click on Montez and his market value, 16.6 average annual salary chase. They've got it 18.2. If that's how those two are seen around the league. And I think I can get a first round pick for chase young. I might just, I might just do it. Yeah. I mean, we, we proved last year we can win without that guy. Um, not to say that Chase didn't come back and show some things and that that special upside isn't really valuable, but and, and and isn't potentially great. And do you want to be the team that trades a guy who could wind up in the Hall of Fame? Not really. Not ideal. Uh, but that's the kind of upside Chase Young has. That said, if you can pay Montez at a lower number, get a lot of production and then, you know, draft the next guy or whatever. I would, I would certainly consider it. Yeah. And, and the thing that I think they need to do that they've been bad at is doing this Belichick style. You do it one year too soon, not one year too late. Because part of the risk of one year too late is you don't actually get to do anything. You get a third-round pick. That's really a fourth in terms of a compensatory pick, a la Brandon Sheriff. Sure. It's just bad roster management. And this is my whole NBA thing where at the, in the NBA, they trade expiring contracts all the time. Uh, because the idea of letting a guy get to free agency is like the worst thing you could do. Um, by the way, of course, that's what the Wizards are doing potentially with Kyle Kuzma and Chris Ops for Zingas, but oh, this is the Take Command podcast where we talk about the commanders. Um, the so, so I think that, one, 
depending on how your free agency period goes and how if how much movement you want to do like and if chase Rurie retires do you want to restructure john allen like do you want to restructure leno like you could get sweat done this offseason if you sure. really wanted to Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and I do wonder if some of the expediency in getting things done with pain That's is to say like, That's interesting. Hey, yeah. let's, let's use the next between now and training camp. And they don't even have to do it then. Like they could do it all the way into the season. There is some deadline eventually, but, um, they could work into, into the season on a, an extension for sweat. So they've got time on, as opposed to pain who the, the deadline was July because of the, there's a tag deadline. They've got time, but you know, depending on what you do, depending on how the draft goes, you know, if, if you feel like you have a guy who can replace chase, like, I think it's worth kicking the tires on. Absolutely. Um, I agree. And so I getting the maximum value out of these guys is not ultimately going to be paying all four of them. It's just not, just not good roster construction. I know that there's a lot of fans now are looking at this pain deal and going like, wow, the way they structured it, like they could, we don't need to talk about this. They could keep all four. They could, right? but that's, that's resources you, not allocated somewhere else. Yeah, I don't think you want to do that. And obviously D-line is a, is a position of like premium value in the NFL, but I think, think about corner, like defensive back specifically, like this league is going, it's such a pass happy group and this defense runs when that secondary is clicking, like that's when the defense is really at its best, right? Everyone talks about the defensive line, but the secondary especially like when they were on their winning streak, were playing f- phenomenal football, right? So can you add another piece there? Like that's the problem is like, yes, you could put all your chips in on defensive line, but as much as I like Montez, he's not a a true elite difference maker as a pass rusher. Is he good? Right. Yes, but he's not going to be like a 15 sack guy. Like I just don't see that in his, in his thing, right? Is he excellent against the run? Yes. Does he work well with Deron and John? Yes. Does he get excellent hustle and finish sacks? Yes. Do I love him as a football player? Yes. The problem is he's not going to be elite. So if you can kind of lock him in in that like 14 to $16 million area, I think that's outstanding. And then again, that would be a very team friendly deal. And I think that works. And then it still allows you to kind of say, we can build in secondary, we can do whatever we need to do. We can add an offensive lineman. We can, you know, work on whatever we need to work on. But I just think like that's to, to extend both of them, I think is, I don't know. It, it just doesn't seem like it makes a whole lot of sense to me, um, especially given, like, I, I hate to say this because, like, I don't like talking about people's money, but especially given Chase's kind of lackluster production over the last couple of years. Like, it's just it, the risk there is not great. Like, Duran has been ascending. Sweat has been ascending. And Chase has kind of stayed in the same vein same same right river or whatever he hasn't had the chance to right yeah because not, he's been hurt yeah and again um, that's not his fault but it is something to consider when talking about extending him right the only way i would consider extending chase is i mean well obviously i don't think extending chase is on the table now right we're sweat it's it's on the table now to yeah. me chase seems like too big of a risk the 
and, and it doesn't seem like he would take some super team friendly deal. Like if Chase is like, Hey man, I just want to get paid. Like my knee scares me. Give me 16. I'm willing to risk it. And it's kind of like the Steph Curry contract back in the day. Mm. The Warriors signed Steph Curry to what is the best contract in NBA history because Steph's ankles were a disaster and he kept hurting them and they got him on like a $12 million a year deal. It was, it was four for 44. Yeah. Um, I think was actually the, the number and they had the MVP of the league on a bizarro friendly contract uh, for four years. And if Chase is like, I'm willing to take that risk because like, I want the money. I want to, I want some guaranteed money. I want to get to my second contract. Then I think you have to consider it. Chase Young doesn't seem like that type of guy. Chase Young is going to bet on himself. He's going to come out. He's going to try to ball out this year. And then he's going to try to get one of the richest deep and con or edge contracts in the history of the league next off season. Sure. And that's, you know, if I was advising Chase, that's what I would also tell Chase to do. So that's yeah. not a shot at Chase. Like, that's absolutely what he should do. Um, the question is, is there a team that is willing to take on that risk and be like, hey, we'll be the incumbent when that comes around and we'll be able to franchise tag him and, and have that exclusivity and we'll give you a first round pick for that in return. And if yeah. that's the case, like, I think I'd probably take that. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, again, it's it's risk versus reward. That's all you're doing here, right? And Right now, I do think there is a level of risk associated with Chase that a lot of people don't want to acknowledge. And I think there is value there because, again, I think back to my evaluation of him coming out, and he was one of the best pass rushers off the edge in college football that I had ever seen. He was f fantastic. And so the fact that teams still have that in their mind. So I do think there's going to be a lot of value there. And so, again, yeah. this is just – we could talk in circles about this all day, but it's just – what is the risk associated with the player? What is the financial probability of getting them at a team-friendly number? And then can we make that work? And it, right now, it seems like that is more likely for Montez as opposed to Chase. Right. So the, the one thing I'll just add real quick, uh, and hopefully this isn't more just going in circles, but an actual new piece of thing or new piece of information is I, I feel like some people are probably screaming at whatever device they're listening or watching right now going like, Craig, aren't you the guy that was like, Chase actually was pretty good. Like people should be encouraged about Chase, yeah. you know, yada, yada. It's like, yes. So what changed? What changed is they signed to Ron Payne. Yeah. They made their decision that they are not going to invest in both edge guys. They're going to invest in the middle. Yeah. That's where they put the money. So one of these edge guys has got to go to continue good roster management. And so I think that's a great I, that's, point. That's what's changed to me is like, I still think Chase Young can be a very, very good football player, but you've got, you can't just play this out with, with these guys and consider it prudent roster management. That said, one thing to consider is that Ron Rivera has got to win now. Yeah. Ron Rivera can, if Ron wins this year and he's here next year, he's going to be on an extension. So at that point, he can afford to do a little bit more long-term planning and, and maybe do some, you know, work a trade or something next off season. Ron probably wants to keep both these guys right now. If he thinks they can help, like a, Chase is going to help more this year than a first round pick likely. So I think that is something to consider as well Is like they're the one situation where ownership is affecting the football decisions is they've got a coach who happens to be the president of football operations who knows he's got to win right now and that is a result of the ownership situation uh being unresolved and ultimately a new owner taking a hard look at rivera as soon as he gets here and this season kind of being all important so I, I think that's important to keep in mind over top of all of this yeah i agree